0: We're putting a content warning on this episode for discussion of suicide and also severe depression, so please um, just be forewarned of that. Hey guys, before we get started today, we just have a quick request for you to let us know what you think. Please go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. Your thoughts will help shape the podcast, help us find new
1: listeners, and just help the Dragon Baby family grow. Engage with our podcast in a collaborative effort towards more podcasts. (laughs) But do it in a quantifiable, calculatable way
0: by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Indeed. Or you can shoot us an email at dragonbabiespodcast at gmail.com with any thoughts or requests for future episodes. We're working through a lot of requests right now. I'm sorry uh, we have a slow production schedule, especially in the summertime, but they are in the pipeline.
1: Yes. Grace and I, um, Grace moved and now I'm moving. So just there's things going on. We're not being. I don't need to know about our movement. We're (laughs) not being neglectful. (laughs) All right. Thank you. FYI now the episode yeah
0: hello hi I'm Grace and I am Madeline and we're Dragon Babies Dragon Babies we reread our favorite YA fantasy classics and discuss why they're maybe even better for adults Mm mm-hmm This week, Lyrial by Garth Nix. Okay, there's a lot that feels very exciting about us doing this episode at this juncture. It is almost exactly the two-year anniversary of when we recorded our very first episode, which was about Sabriel. Which was Sabriel, that's really fun. The first book in the uh, Horson series. Um, And Sabriel... Means so much to us. Laryl means so much to us. Um, we are we've had such a good time these last two years, um, and are only filled with more like joy to continue and keep doing this project. And so much of that is thanks to all of you for communicating with us, reaching out, and engaging with the podcast in such an incredible way. Yeah, so we thank you so much, so much to everyone who, anyone who has emailed us, who has reviewed us, um, who's commented on instagram or twitter or who has just listened yeah like you're so awesome we really appreciate you and we hope that we can keep engaging in these book discussions that you guys enjoy following along with yeah so lyreal is the second book in the abhorsen trilogy um although now he's written more right now there are many more old kingdom books but i think of this as the original because they're the ones that we owned well also
1: when we read them there was only the trilogy
0: yeah, yeah. Um, this book came out in two thousand one, and it is one that I um, I loved a lot. Maybe even more than Sabriel, because of a few key components, namely the coolest fantasy library that I think currently exists at yeah. least in the literature that I've consumed. So before we get into all that, let's do a quick cover description and marketing breakdown to learn more about how the publisher wanted us to view this book
1: yes um, I love I love this cover I like it a lot. Uh, it shows L'Oreal, um in the basement of the well in one of the lower levels of the library which goes on forever. Um, well this is when she's at the bottom of the rift right but she gets there through like the library it's all kind of interconnected and part of itself. But thank you, Grace. She's in the Rift. She's in the Clary's Glacier. Yes. Uh, and she has just discovered the Book of Remembrance and the Book of Forgetting. And, Remembrance and Forgetting. Mm-hmm, yeah. And her little silver pipes. Um, she looks super red. She's in her awesome second librarian uh, costume, dress. And- a quick note, and I'm sure we'll refer back to our
0: Sabriel episode a few times as we do this, please go give it a listen mm-hmm. if you haven't. Um, also, you're just going to be amazed by how much the quality of the podcast has improved over oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: these
0: two years, so I'm sorry for that first episode. We had a great time making it, but it, it's a little embarrassing to listen back That's now. Okay. Um, but a faithful listener, uh, Yelena, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing your name, but she emailed us... <laughs> and R- reminded us that when we were saying Madeline looked like Sabriel and I looked like Lirial, it was actually the opposite because Lirial has the long, flowing, dark hair. That is Sabriel true. has the short hair. That is true. Is taller.
1: And yeah, there's, it, it is the two uh, physical. And also Sabriel's the older sister. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, because they're,
0: they're sisters
1: all right sorry please continue <laughs> um the disreputable dog a black um presenting somewhat look like, like a, a shepherd. german shepherd yeah. yeah like a black german shepherd only kind of softer um is at lirial's elbow and she has
0: such expressive eyes in this painting in this cover and i love the disreputable <laughs> know, dog so great
1: so much so great uh, I love and did
0: you notice that in the dedication, um, Garth Nix says uh, that it's dedicated
1: to, um, what's the dog's name? To Anna, my family and friends, and to the memory of bite, Bite-Nix? <laughs> <Botanics? laughs> or me I think it's just Bite-Nix. bite And it's spelled with a Y. That's fantastic. That's amazing. I'm sure
0: that it was a dog who nibbled on the members of the <laughs> Nix <family. Yes>. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, the original Disreputable oh, Dog, so oh it's gosh. really sweet that there was a real dog who that inspired her. That he modeled her. it after. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's incredible.
0: Okay, I'm sorry. I'll stop interrupting you.
1: Okay, no, that's fine. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I just love her outfit so
1: much. It's so fantastic. like an
0: assistant librarian outfit. Yeah,
1: and it's it's in this style that I really love that's stylized but very... um. I don't even know. It just has this mythic quality to it. Like it feels very uh, grand and serious. And there's like some snow falling too. Mm -hmm. And it just, she looks so excited to be reaching for the book and also a little scared Mm -hmm. and reverential. And she just looks really cool. And then on the spine, there's a little soapstone statuette of the dog. Uh, which the dog's
0: I, physical form.
1: Yeah. I mean, this book is so cool. It feels like a spell book, mm-hmm. especially since the copy that we have is much loved. And it's so thick and, and wide. And it's really thick. Yeah. yeah. Um, So yeah, big points upwards, thumbs up, as humans might say. And then on to the back, uh, let's find out what kind of blurb they wrote. I never read these before the book, you know. so let's find out if I like this or not. Who is Liriel? Liriel has never felt like a true daughter of the Clare. Now, two years past the time when she should have received the sight that is the Clare's birthright, she feels alone, abandoned, unsure of who she is. Nevertheless, the fate of the old kingdom lies in her hands. With only her faithful companion, the disreputable dog, Liriel must undertake a desperate mission under the growing shadow of an ancient evil. In this sequel to Sabriel, winner of the Aurealis Award for Excellence in Australian Science Fiction, Garth Nix weaves a spellbinding tale of discovery, destiny, and danger. And then there's a couple of reviews. Kirkus Reviews says, readers who like their fantasy, intense in action, magisterial in scope. I don't know what that means, (laughs) magisterial in scope. And apocalyptic in consequences will revel in every word. That's a pretty cool review. Yeah. And then Locust says, what makes Liriel a delight is the magic that Nyx brings to his story and to his characters. It is filled with twists and turns, playful inventiveness and dark magic and is sure to satisfy his many readers.
0: Okay. I think that was good
1: yeah as far as back covers go that yeah. was really not I, a bad blurb. i think not bad at all
0: um this is you know this is the second book and I'm, I'm just going to call it a trilogy because mm-hmm. that encapsulates our experience with it yes yeah. as, as young readers um the second book in a trilogy is always kind of uh I think has an extra little mission set out for it because I think people are just going to be inherently less excited because it doesn't have all the character building and exposition necessarily of the first book mm-hmm. or the rise of the, you know, final conflict and then resolution right. of yeah. the third book.
1: Cuz like it, it is the crescendo, not the end at, of the crescendo.
0: But this book might be the the best second book in a trilogy that you know, just in terms of how well it presents its story and how it has the enthralling it is.
1: Yeah, and it has the character building of Fellowship of the Rings. Yeah. Like it not of, you know, it's it's not a Two Towers book.
0: So Garth Nix very wisely steps forward in time. Um, I believe 19 years. It's the 19th year of Touchstone's reign. Um, maybe less. Okay, I'm sorry. I was thinking of the beginning is the 14th year of Touchstone's okay. resurrection. When she is 14. Um, um, that it, makes sense. Yep. And yeah. Luriel's life, it, it helps us <laughs> remember what year it is because it's mm-hmm. the same amount of time um, because she's 19 by the end so, of the So,
1: yeah, because her mother met the Abhorson the year that he died. So that's also the year that Sabriel's story the, starts. The events that yeah. Sabriel mm-hmm. took place. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. So before we go further, I'll give, um, what I'll attempt to make a brief and succinct plot summary for those who have not read the book or may not have read it for a while. So as we've said, Lirial is the second book in a series of three about the kind of the same group of people and events unfolding. Um, Lyriel is a daughter of the Claire, who are a seeing, all seeing, future seeing group of individuals who live in a glacier. <laughs> it's very beautiful, but they're very um, remote and tucked away. And because of their visions, they need a certain level of isolation, especially as they age. Fairly frosty, one might say. <laughs> That's right. A frosty disposition and environment. <laughs> mm-hmm. But Illyrial has passed the age at which the sight typically awakens, and it has not awoken in her. She is so distraught at the feeling of being an outsider among this group that she multiple times considers suicide. She feels she doesn't have uh, she's not a true Claire. Um, she doesn't know who her father is, and her mm-hmm. mother left when she was five. So yeah. she really doesn't have any sense of immediate she family is so incredibly alone. She's so alone. Yeah, she's so alone. to the point that um she uh, eventually pretty much just stops speaking to people entirely mm-hmm. and for her birthday her fellow librarians give her a pen and paper because she likes writing notes to people instead, of, instead talking of talking to them. Yeah. But she becomes a librarian within the Claire because she is trying to find something else to do and some of her elders notice that she and begin to understand what she might be feeling yeah, and why so they she's give so her a task. So she becomes a third assistant librarian. In the best library ever. Yeah, definitely. Um, This incredible, expansive, mysterious, dangerous place that goes deep into the recesses of the mountain. And some
1: people haven't been to parts of it for literally over a thousand years.
0: And to become a librarian, you have a bracelet with different levels of spells that will open only a certain tier of doors. Your your clearance bracelet. Yeah, exactly. Your clearance bracelet so that hopefully you don't stumble into something and won't be able to handle. Um, But of course, Lirial, who is a really accomplished charter mage, Mm -hmm. even at a young age, figures out how to spell her bracelet so that she can get through every door right away. And she wakes up a nasty... She does wake up nasty, but first she creates a friendly. No, she wakes the nasty and then creates the friendly. Yeah, <laughs> <Sorry>. because she, <laughs> she is... gets the statue yeah. from that mm-hmm. room. So she's exploring. She wakes up a monster she shouldn't have. Um, but at the same time, it's a very scary a monster. Yep, yeah, it's called a stilkin, And I think it's unique to this universe. Yeah. I've never come across it. I didn't research it. So, I'm so
1: tell sure. us if we're wrong. Yeah, please let us know. But do it nicely. Or
0: if you've met a Stilkin. So in the room that she's not supposed to be exploring where she wakes up the monster, she discovers a small statue of a dog. Um, And she, at the same time as doing this, she's been starting to think about creating a charter, sending something to accompany her and be, you know, she's not thinking so clearly like god please can i have a friend but that's obviously she just needs someone her need. to be a, a companion yeah she's like um, going crazy from loneliness and she uh, by presence of that statue that mysterious statue being with her when she's creating her sending she somehow creates this creature called the disreputable dog she
1: i feel like she more summons him than
0: creates well yeah him. but in that moment she creates the disreputable dog in her life i'm saying like she was creating a friend for herself okay yeah okay the disreputable dog has its name already the disreputable dog precedes everything and everyone yeah um and we you know learn a little bit more about the dog as the book goes on but not that much and then
1: we get to see the dog interacting with
0: moggett <laughs> Okay, this summary isn't going so great. <laughs> that's a lot
1: later. Anyway, though. she
0: gets the dog, they defeat the monster, she and the dog grow together, explore together, um, learn together, and five years pass. Simultaneously, there is another perspective that's being woven through the book with chapters passing off. This character's name is Samoth, and he is Sabriel and King Touchstone's son. Mm-hmm. He is meant to be the uh, person in training to take over the role of sending the dead back to where they belong and fighting um, evil uses of dead spirits Um, as his sister is meant to become the ruler and take on on the crown from Mm -hmm. their father. But Samoth is not going to be able to become an app person. And that's clear from the beginning when he fights against a very powerful necromancer um, to defend his cricket team. <laughs> God, the part about cricket, my eyes couldn't glaze over fast
1: enough. I know there um, was like descriptions of cricket playing and I was just like, Stop, whoa <laughs> Sorry, we're not saying this about cricket
0: specifically. Oh, we're we just not, not sports we're not people. sports Yeah. It would Fans. be the same about any, sport. Yeah. <laughs> any sport. Any sport. Yeah. Um and during that fight he has to go into death and it's his he's gone into death before with his mother but it's first time going alone things go really badly there he's burned by the necromancer the necromancer tries to bind him to his will but ultimately fails and binds his friend to his will he instead. accidentally
1: gets nick his friend nick
0: am <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> helping <laughs> samith after that ordeal goes back to his Uh, family's kingdom um, goes back to the old kingdom back to where their castle is and there is meant to be training in earnest to become the up but he shirks his duties he won't read the book of the dead he's barely touched it period when he does he has such extreme PTSD that he like passes out and goes straight into panic attacks yeah he cannot Um, do it it's just not that he doesn't want to he cannot and he can't be honest about this with his parents both because they're just never present and because a lot of pressure he's so afraid yeah Yeah, this is his birthright yeah and as far as he
1: knows no one else can do it so So it's really between a rug and a hard place so that's also happening
0: over this course of several years Mm -hmm. um ultimately events transpire to bring these two together um the Claire see that Lariel should be at this specific place at this specific time. And what they see is Nick overseeing the necromancer using dead to excavate something horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, they the Claire assists Lariel in basically just heading in that direction so that yeah. she can be there at the right time. And they do give her do. a rad boat give her an amazing boat yeah. called finder mm-hmm. who is extremely reminiscent of the dragon boat from Wind oh Waker. yeah <laughs> absolutely just get in our zelda reference early you <laughs> know it's coming at some point if you're a faithful listener um and immediately before doing before heading out on her mission, like immediately before she runs into all the Claire seeing her, um, she has broken into a very mysterious room that is in the deep recesses of the Claire's Glacier and that is featured on the cover of the book mm-hmm. um, with a door that says Lyriel's Path on it. So Because in this world the Claire exists, there are these events that can be set out in the past for them to happen in the future. Yeah. Um, And something like this room existing with her name on it. And then these important items in it, the Book of Remembrance and Forgetting, Mm -hmm. her pipes, which are a lesser version of the bells that are used to control the dead. Um, And then also... Mirror of Darkness, which allows her to look into the past. So there's this twist on her sight. She can't see the future, but she, she can, can see, the see the past. And that's how she finds out her parentage. Yep. She uses it to see that, and she doesn't realize this immediately, but we'll just spoil it for you right here, that her father was the Abhorsen prior to Sabriel. Sabriel's, Sabriel's dad. Sabriel's dad. So they, they are sisters. sisters um, And she is the intended at Porson and training. So Sam is, so, so it's actually, okay, <laughs> Sam, you're off the hook. Sam is really funny because it's like, okay, well, Liriel is going to be the at Porson. um Sam's sister is going to be the queen. And
1: what is yeah. Sam going to be? Well, he's going to be like a, an ancient, person called like a builder or something they mentioned that that that's what the oh, sendings right, right, bring right. him right, right, at right. the end of the book so he is going to have a purpose he's just mm-hmm. going to be something that hasn't existed in a long which time
0: which is what Liriel is too mm-hmm. a remembrancer yeah exactly um, it's a they say at one point it's a role that hasn't been fulfilled for 500 years okay so sorry trying to wrap this up um they meet they meet, they come together, they're both trying to reach the same point. Sam's trying to save his friend Nick. Who, Sam's doing a worse job than Lirel is. Yeah, Sam tries to kill some people who are in his father's guard. Um, and then Mogget
1: shows up and makes fun of him.
0: <laughs> Mogget comes and mercilessly mocks him. Which is pretty great. Um, it's so funny to see Mogget and the disreputable dog it's wonderful. in a pair. Because yeah. the dog wants to help so badly. The dog is good and, and Mogget doesn't not. want to help. But yeah has to protect the and mm-hmm. so it does as little as possible to fulfill
1: that you know ancient um promise and mogget is his true nature is chaotic evil but he's been bound i to love be that he, helpful. Has, he has a tiny uh Rana Rana, now Rana, so yes. <laughs> sometimes i feel like i have a Rana. Like, <laughs> <laughs> i do feel really like you have a <laughs>
0: Madeline's definitely more sleep oriented than many. Did you get the email I sent you at 10 o'clock at (laughs) night? (laughs) It was 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. I was asleep Uh, the next morning. uh, This morning I got it and it just was the subject line (laughs) mugget.
1: a bunch of fan art of mugget there is so much wonderful fan art of mugget just google mugget <laughs> no it's i
0: just from being uh, really just from incredible. following garth nix on twitter like yeah. i already see a lot of great stuff that people tweeted him that he retweets yeah mm-hmm. okay so anyway they all link up they end up at the abhorson's house after fighting through dead and realizing that uh, we haven't even talked about the political component. Um, it's not, I mean... We'll talk about it after this. It doesn't yeah. have to be in the summary. So they figure Forces out that the Necromancer conspiring. is amassing uh, over 200,000 people to and he's kill, manipulating politics to and then that end. And use as a dead army. And he's doing it all in the service of unearthing the... What we learn at the very end of the book is the the ninth individual who formed the charter but didn't want to follow through and create the, like, lawful magic. Yeah, so he Um, was bound
1: in two pieces. So this
0: is, like, the beginning of evil in their universe. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, like, some Sauron-level stuff. Yeah, so that is that's what's going down mm-hmm. and the book ends on a total cliffhanger right as um, they get to the abhorsen's house they reach the, they reach the abhorsen's house lyriel realizes who, who she is um and the two of them lyriel and sam are like okay let's go get the adults now
1: yeah before we good, do anything uh, else. good call good <laughs> call
0: and make plans to reach out and find sabriel at mm-hmm. and uh, that's the book um I can't wait to read to reread a portion Yeah, mm-hmm. it really sets it up nicely. Yeah, I love ending at the Porson's house because it's such a place of safety and comfort, especially for someone it's, like, it's Lyriel, like getting who's to coming Ribbonnell. home for the first time. Yeah, like, this is her birthright and it's who she is after Mm -hmm. such a struggle with her identity and confusion over, um, you know, isolation to the point of suicide because she feels no connection to the people around her. Like not physically, not, uh, I guess I will call it mentally in terms of the powers that they have and that Mm -hmm. she lacks, um, to the point that she stops even speaking to them. So, and for Sam, he is just like such a scared (laughs) little boy that he is just like can i stay here so it represents something very different for him uh because it's like a place
1: where he can revel in his cowardice basically but and Lyra is right he's young for his age
0: yeah, I love the point when she's like, oh, God, he's starting to find me hot. How do I make him stop having any romantic feelings and without, so like, <laughs> vomiting or trying to, like, force myself up to be yes. attractive? And she's like, um, I'm 35. <laughs> oh and he's like, gosh. oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so like, that's incredible. enough to take away any it's So incredible. <laughs> and then later she gets to be like, oh, I'm your aunt. <laughs> Oh, it's really great. Um, Yeah, he's so young. And the way that he keeps, um, you know, flashing back in his moments of self-pity to like, I was the best boy at school. And like, I was top of my classes. And I was the highest scorer on the cricket team. Like, that should count for something. But out in the old kingdom, um, none of that matters yeah he is
1: very like s- spoiled and he's gotta figure stuff out
0: He yes, he does um so let's do a segment that we haven't done in a little while because the last few books we've read i feel like we didn't have strong childhood memories of oh, okay he's there yeah he's not clawing anymore okay. is he making noise no i was just trying to figure out where he went okay he's just sleeping in the box now so let's do a segment we haven't done in a little while. Um, since the last few books we covered, we didn't have super strong childhood memories that remained. Um, whereas I have some very strong impressions. This mm-hmm. book was really formative for me in the same way that Sabriel was. Um, well, in the same way and a different way, because the two books are super well, different. Well, because and Sabriel are really different. They are really different, and then the content of the books is so different. Sabriel is so action-packed. It's so fast-paced, um, yeah. Things are happening mm-hmm. on every single page, and Garth Nix writes fantasy action so, so well. Um, she, like, doesn't sleep. She's, like, yeah. barely still going by the end of it. It's very, like, swashbuckling in a lot of ways, even yeah. though her weapons are, you know, bells and, and a sword. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, lyriel is much more internal both the character and the book and there are all these moments mm. of there's a lot more reflection. exploration yeah. um and of her trying to understand her own identity and then on sam's side when we go to his passages it's also internal but it's him grappling with this like basically oh god oh god my final is tomorrow and i haven't studied or gone to any classes times a million yeah <laughs> as his mom who S- sabriel is very gravely wounded and mm-hmm. she's looking at him and saying i'm really gonna need your help and he can't even bring himself to say i i can't do this and he hasn't even read and also the book i haven't even read time. the book yeah i haven't even opened yeah. the book which muggett calls him
1: on like right away It's a
0: great moment when muggett says does the path does the walker choose the path or the path the walker and Sam so i was like what does that even mean because he's tired of people and saying that just like, like uh it means you didn't do your homework <laughs> that's what it means yeah um i'm so glad that Moggit shows up when he does and it's really per- so fitting that he shows up by like creeping around in the trees and being like oh a sniveling prince crying alone yes. in the woods
1: yes oh my gosh and uh, he's ev- so
0: mean he's and everyone's so mean.
1: aware that Moggit is like terrifying and they're all like kind of suspicious (laughs) frightened of him he's almost killed my mom three times and i don't really know how he's here right now maybe we
0: shouldn't pet him yeah whereas the disreputable dog is i love how affectionate the
1: disreputable dog is
0: i know and her origins are unknown Mm -hmm. um which is very different from Mogget because Mogget's very clearly known as this evil evil free magic entity who's been bound by a collar and a bell i but the disreputable dog as she explains it um is free magic and charter magic and we'll go into this more but we understand how the charter works now <laughs> our <laughs> we, la- we our sabriel episode we did not yeah in our sabriel episode we hadn't we only reread sabriel and we haven't read these books for like almost 20 years yeah. um so we didn't remember the inner workings of their history and the charters be- being established. Um, mm-hmm. So, and we, you know, right now in this episode, we might mention things that are explained more clearly in later books, but we haven't reread them all. So,
1: yeah. So forgive us for hypothesizing if yes. the answers to our questions are explicitly answered in later books. We haven't reread those. Yeah.
0: Anyway, dog is made from both charter magic, which is the bound ordered magic. And free magic, which is, I see it as kind of the force of entropy, it's disorder, but it's power. Um,
1: Well, and I also like I kind of see it as just like this chaotic force that exists. And then the charter is what actually binds it into a usable. It's like a dam with like locks. It it controls this massive rushing power, yeah. Um, but it does seem like free magic in and of itself is very firmly predisposed towards chaotic evil. Like it's right. not like this. So I understand why you say it, it feels yeah. kind of like entropy.
0: Yeah, because they used they used free magic. Um, in making the charter like the charter is free magic that's mm-hmm. been right under it's just controlled rules. yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's where the desk the disreputable dog i think is just so old and elemental that the dog has both charter and that very ancient free magic and you know i'm sure that we learn more about the dog in the later books so from sorry, what guys. i
1: understand or perhaps remember both mogget and the dog were like bound forces of free magic and the dogs was willing and Mm -hmm. Muggits was not. Muggits was more like a punishment. Yeah. And the dogs was more like a, I want to help. Yeah.
0: And the dog has these incredible abilities like sending out a bark that, um, has a tone. Has a tone that commands a specific individual. because mm-hmm. um, well, dog's can, barks are like bells in yes. a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah, he uses a bark to walk someone and he uses she. a bark to send... Oh, I'm sorry. She uses a bark to walk someone like Kibeth and also a bark to send someone further into death. Mm-hmm. Like as Az, Azrael. I'm not going to... You don't know the names of all seven bells, Madeline. What are you even doing here? I'm a scrub.
1: Now you know that I'm a scrub. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so adult impressions, old and new impressions.
1: Do you want to go first or should I? Yeah, I'll go first. Okay. Um, I This book I loved because uh, when I was a tween reading it, um, I was a super lonely person because I didn't, understand any of my peers and they didn't understand me and were like kind of mean about the fact that I was different um, and that I wasn't really like connecting with them so I was super lonely and a lot of fantasy books start out with uh, someone out of place and lonely but then they find their people and yeah. that was kind of difficult for me because I that would just make me feel even worse yeah. because I hadn't like experience that um
0: it's i feel like that's the foundation of what can be difficult about a movement along the lines of saying like it gets better because it's saying okay i know it's going to be different at some point but there's no knowing when that's going to happen or what form it's going to take in my life
1: and animals learn from experiences they don't have the sight so you can't really even accept that something is possible until you've experienced it or mm. in like you know, and then on top of that, if you're mentally ill, then it's also, mm. like, it can be very difficult to visualize that. So, anyways, I like this book a lot because Lyrial literally embraces her um, aloneness. I mean, she still struggles with it, but she essentially turns it into an asset as she uses all of her time to get powerful and explore the library. And then she gets the dog and, mm-hmm. uh, the dog is one of my, I mean, she is an excellent familiar because she's loving and warm and literally says, I will always be your friend yeah. to L'Oreal. And, Uh, she's really powerful and a guardian and she knows a lot and she has a really awesome, fun personality. And, uh, the dog is just great. The dog is fantastic. And, um,
0: she likes eating even though she doesn't have to.
1: Exactly. (laughs) exactly. just like Mogget, but Mogget is like a little jerk about it because it's Mogget. Um, so yeah, I, I really love this book for that reason. Um, and, it's just, it's just a great book. I remember I read it and then went right into Abhorson because you, they're basically like one big book.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They really do feel that way, and I'm so happy that Garth Nix was comfortable really letting Lirial's life and experience build the way that he does. Um, my impression as a child, um, definitely similar. I mean, it's I think very telling that you didn't mention the other protagonist of the book once and talking about your childhood thoughts. Oh yeah. Um, Because
1: I couldn't relate to him at all.
0: I, um, I have always had, I think a bit of a a thread of of, of me that I see in Samoth, um, which is the paralyzing procrastination that can take hold of you when you are depressed. Mm -hmm. Um, that's actually exactly how depression takes hold for me in my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, I stop being able to do anything to move my life forward, and I rereading it, I'm really struck by how the existence of death and the uh, gates creates this like tangible type of depression mm-hmm. um, where. Sam can see that as the next step. And he feels that if he does interfere in the dead world at all, it will completely overtake him because he's so susceptible and he wants to just lay down in the river and mm-hmm. be pulled away. Yeah. And both Lyriel and Sam are deeply depressed at different points in the book. Yeah. Um, but Lyriel's I relate to
1: hers a lot more. It's
0: much, it's much more active in a lot of ways. It's also, I think, um, it's more immediately dangerous to her i mean she the first like chunk of the book is her trying to commit suicide mm-hmm. yeah. um she comes very close to it and that was really jarring on rereading um i think i think the older you get and just as your experience with suicide becomes more um it becomes more real, just as you you know people or experience it, yeah, tangentially. Mm. Um, it feels much more, much more serious. Um, and as a child, I knew that she wasn't going to do anything to hurt herself, but now we're reading it. I'm really struck by how dark the beginning of this book is. Um, And how she's talking through, like, okay, well, how should I dress to go kill myself? Like, I need to not freeze immediately so that I can accurately jump off the cliff. Um, It's really hard to read. And I'm sorry I'm getting so uh, dark right now. Grace's cat Um, is currently trying to comfort her. (laughs) Yeah, she is. But, yeah, both of those experiences, I think... um, I can, I can articulate this about myself, especially with relation to Sam, mm-hmm. um, much more clearly now. I've now had experiences, periods of when I, I basically did what Sam was doing, where it was like, I'm going to, I can't handle any of my responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I can't tell anyone about it. I'm so terrified and I feel that there is no solution.
1: So I'm just going to like Wait. And you just get, like, more paralyzed as And time everything goes gets on. worse yeah. as everything
0: piles up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a period like that in college. And on the other side, once you find your purpose and you find your way through and you find your hope again and you find your things to build in your life, um, it's hard to even remember exactly what that place is like. But I feel like it's captured very, very well here.
1: Uh, And I do think it's important to note that me and Grace have both been in a place like this and it's difficult to know when you are much younger, what you would be giving up Mm -hmm. if, and I think that's why it's so much, it's harder to read the older you get that Leroy was like really going to commit suicide as a young teen because you don't understand the scope of what you're, um, trying to give up because I think we're both examples of the fact that no matter how bad it was, um, we're both happy and high functioning people right now. Um, and, and honestly, like
0: it, it, that's exactly, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's just exactly it. Yeah. yeah, There's no, you can't know how good your life is going to be someday Mm -hmm. you really can't yeah how much you're going to have like how rich it's going to be Mm -hmm.
1: um and i really that's why i relate so strongly to lirial is because i really did just have that feeling of you know even though i had my family that i loved i still just felt that i was such as a social outcast that i was i could not see that ever changing um yeah. so I really relate strongly to that feeling, but it absolutely has. As I found out, it did change and I was capable of of making that change possible. So, yeah, that's my
0: Yeah, I thanks for saying that. And books like this help us like reframe that in different contexts. Totally. Um and even when you're living in this magical world with such a wealth of power and information at your fingertips Mm -hmm. um it it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy or even like something you can cope with day to day Mm -hmm. yeah so that we kind of rolled a few segments into one with that discussion we got just like animals, animals in this book. A new favorite, if you've listened to our Spindle's End episode. We're going to
1: draw art I'm waiting for, it. for that segment. I'm going to do like a title card for that segment. Oh, gonna... no, that doesn't make any sense. It's a <laughs> podcast. Yeah, but we are going to post it on our media.
0: <laughs> okay, we'll do that. Um, check, out, check us out on Instagram at Drag Babies Podcast and Twitter at Drag Babies Pod for Madeline's art. She's promised to create. <laughs> So better be ready. I said, so I'm gonna not. I'm going. You might to be do moving it. and starting a new job <laughs> within the next two weeks, and going At to the Disneyland. We have to make room for this. Uh, animals, just like animals in this book, we got a bit of magic systems, and then we talked about sad stuff for a while. But sad stuff is gonna come up in this rich tapestry of YA fantasy,
1: and it's a part of life.
0: That's right. So I'd love to. Like maybe just pick up our spirits a bit by doing something unorthodox, and going right into pretend food. I hit my mic, mic because that? I
1: was doing I some arm dance. upset? No, it was excitement.
0: Pretend food. I'm feeling hungry. Give me some yummies. Yum 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 yum. Take it away, Madeline. Pretend food.
1: That was my solo. Everybody goes.
0: <sighs> oh, balance of best. So this book is interesting because we get um mostly quest type food um with quest a few quest type food. Yeah, I'm starting oh, to you break down that you um, take
1: with you on a quest, exactly. not that you get for completing <laughs> oh, quest. quest rewards.
0: <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it's mostly questing food. So when Samoth is leaving to head out on his quest to save or just, you know, at that point, meet up with his friend Nick, the food that he takes with him is, we can rate its effectiveness in questing after, <laughs> after I finish.
1: Okay. A bottle of brandy, a piece of salted beef. Wait, this is what Samoth takes? Yes. It takes a bottle of brandy? How old is he? <laughs> 18. Come on, Samoth. You're not going to drink that much brandy.
0: A loaf of bread and three
1: ginger cakes. I feel like he packed poorly. Underpack. That's an underpack. That's what that's going to get for me. it's an underpack and it's an incorrect pack. (laughs) It's a non-practical pack.
0: You're going to have a really crummy picnic. And you're going to get scurvy. Well, even if that's... And that's why I'm saying a crummy picnic. Even if that's all you're taking for like... A lunch with a couple other people I feel like that would not be adequate much less a two week journey but I, I feel like this is because
1: they just have like a gut lump of bread I feel <laughs> like this is a bit of
0: characterization for
1: mm, Samith yeah, um, he's probably. not
0: being the most practical and he is being just a wee babe trying to understand what's out there
1: because he is just a wee babe and aided is... by only ginger cakes and
0: Moggett Food packing shames him immediately mm-hmm. yeah. after meeting up with them,
1: and, and refuses then he says, to help him
0: because he can't find fish for him.
1: Get me a fish, Sabbath.
0: <laughs> yeah, so far, um, you know, in I guess just if we evaluate this book alone in terms of how much fish Mugget gets <laughs> and how much fish Mugget <laughs> asks for, <laughs> the ratio is very low. Like he he's constantly requesting fish and he's rarely receiving it. Um, he gets some salmon at one point I think and the, once they're at the uphorson's house the well and he fish. catches
1: them some fish right and- he
0: catches them fish to eat <laughs> yeah. by uh, striking his paw down and Samoth is like show and, off. and
1: Mogget's it it says like Mugget had two small trout and then he gave one to Sam and was like you can have this one and i was just picturing him with this like palm sized fish that he's gonna try <laughs> to eat <laughs>
0: Uh, totally. And he'll enjoy it. Oh. Um, other, you know, there's not uh, there's not a ton of food description, um, even compared to Sabriel. We get more loving food details than we do in Lyrial, I would say. Yeah. Um, because... And I think part of that is because everything is so new in Sabriel, like learning about the Abhorsen's house and the sendings, preparing meals and you know, creepily washing Sabriel. <laughs> I did remember that. <laughs> I was wondering that, yeah. if Luriel would say something about that in her perspective once she's she there being washed, washed. Yeah. doesn't mention it. So are there any specific foods that stood out to you during the book? For me, I really, you know, I dog-eared that moment of sam talking about what he was setting off with lyriel mentions her quest her quest food
1: as well um also i don't remember what she brought but i had a different pretend food i was gonna comment upon yeah i can't find it um please so the thing that stood out to me the most were the foods that Lirial would bring for a dog. Um, oh, because yeah. Lirial would bring dog like a nice big old ham bone. There's also
0: other food moments of note. There's Sam's birthday. Um, when the uh, Elamir has the kitchen prepare his favorite meal, but he doesn't care about it. No, he was
1: quite ungrateful and petulant. Doesn't appreciate what he has. Um,
0: 20%. This yeah. <laughs> this book is too long to easily find yeah, passages. It's, it's okay, Grace. I'm it's usually okay. good at it. Why don't
1: you just open to a random passage and read that and then you can feel like the itch has been scratched? No. <laughs> I can't. I forget how late
0: how late Sam enters in the book. Yeah, um, there's a lot of Lyrial first. It's not until uh yeah, it's not until Almost page two hundred mm. that we start getting his chapters, um, and I do think that's an interesting narrative structure that mirrors what we experienced with Spindle's End, the last book we covered, um, where we introduce a new protagonist a good ways into the story. Yeah, um, but I think I appreciate, like I said earlier, I appreciated Sam much more this reread around um, than I did when I was young because I just wanted a whole book about Lirial.
1: Right, um, yeah.
0: And of course it opens with like a lot of things that I don't care for, like cricket and the military. <laughs> and, you know, stuff that I'd rather not be reading about when there's a chance to have a an enchanted mystical library that stretches into the very depths of the earth. Although the military component does introduce an interesting broadening of this this universe and like this character's these characters world um in sabriel everything is pretty much narrowed to a pinpoint on what she's doing Mm. um because first of all she's younger second of all there is no you know touchstone hasn't been uh, um put back on the throne at that point and everything in the old kingdom is pretty fragmented it's just these different settlements that are mm-hmm. trying to you know eke things out the best they can yeah um kind of you know breath of the wild style um and lyriel is and sam by a very nature of his uh family are much more connected to a larger understanding of their world lyriel because of the claire mm. um they, they are very isolated but because they are seers they're responsible for you know helping a wide range of individuals understand what they need to do next or where they need to go and sam gives us the political intrigue of learning that there's a populist leader who is definitely
1: being like Influenced by Hedge. Yeah, it's
0: hard to say whether he's motivated by money alone, um, which seems like case. and then Hedge is just the taking case. advantage of that. Yeah, and Hedge is just paying him um mm-hmm. to okay. send the refugees to the old kingdom because I'm sure the way he says he sees it, he he doesn't want the refugees in Anselstier anyway. And then he's also being paid to move them to them a kingdom where, where can he die. Yeah, can just up thinking about them. Sounds familiar. I thought that Garth Nix did a good job of broadening the world in the second book in the Abhorsen, the original Abhorsen trilogy, and setting things up for the events of the final book.
1: For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I think that the gradual pull in of the politics and sociology in kind of like a mm-hmm. um, background, but still like it's explicit the way in which it's brought up. Um, I thought that was a good bit of world building, yeah.
0: And it's always fascinating in these books to encounter people from Anselstier from the South uh, who don't understand how (laughs) the magic and the dead and everything that stems from the old kingdom works. Um, Because
1: it kind of seems like in certain ways it's like, 20th century
0: yeah they have pretty modern technology yeah. and magic can't function and when i'm saying magic i'm referring to charter magic mm-hmm. um I don't know if at this point we've gotten a definitive statement on how well free magic works. I think it's kind of the same thing, though it's not very
1: easy to use magic south of the wall. And that's why usually someone like Hedge wouldn't be Mm -hmm. able to do anything south of the wall. Yeah. Um, and then vice versa as well, the machines and modern technology. Like it doesn't work Mm -hmm. if you're in the north.
0: Hedge is still a mystery to us at this point Mm -hmm. as well, too. Um, We know more about Clore than we do about Hedge, and it's all very up in the air, which is fitting with the two protagonists being teenagers who kind of stumbled into needing to deal with this because Mm -hmm. they just don't have any kind of background and no one knows what's going on. The Claire can't see it. Yeah. Sabriel and Touchstone can't figure out why there are just these hordes of horrible dead things, um, constantly rising and then also being underreported to her so that she's not prepared for what she has to fight when she shows up. Yeah. Um, it's it, you can get the feeling that this is a really insidious widespread problem. Um, and like no one's really in charge of it like no one can figure out what's happening it takes two wacky kids to get in there and mix things up
1: one of whom is a lot better at the things (laughs) than her
0: compatriot whole lot better than the other yeah our so our mom shout out mom hey hi mom uh just read started reading this series um for the first time and read the whole thing uh because she was intrigued by well, we had said in our Sabriel episode and was looking for new reading material. Thanks for listening, Mom. Um, and she sent us a great text a few weeks ago when she was reading Lirial. There's a lot more emo teen stuff so far. Smiley emoji. But I am optimistic there will be personal growth before the end. I can't tell yet if Sameth is corrupted or just PTSD from his solo death visit. Lirial <laughs> looks to be an uber necromancer. Is she going to step into Abhorsen's shoes when Sam wimps out? Stay tuned. <laughs> I wish that was on the back of the book. Oh, that's so fantastic! Great attention grabber. Yeah, for this for this novel. Um, thank you, mom, for putting that together. Uh, and I do. You know, there are a lot of moments throughout the book where it's just like, how can. it it feels a little bit like a comedy of hers where it's so obvious that Lirial is suited to do the job that Sam is so obviously Mm -hmm. not suited to do but they're just you know two ships in the night unfortunately while one is in a bathtub. They do (laughs)
1: meet each other in the river. ships do interact. It's really great when they meet.
0: They do connect Um, yeah and Lirial is just so disappointed
1: in him and Um, Mugget says like please rescue us (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah I guess Liria's ready to shoot them yeah she does she does shoot an arrow at them um, and is just like, we're going to die
1: <laughs> please get us out of this bathtub
0: and talking about the two of them brings us to you know our, our brief uh, discussion of romantic realism in this book because mm. there isn't there isn't a romantic relationship outside of Sabriel and Touchstone's relationship mm-hmm. which is very endearing I've you know I like their relationship because they've been through so much together and they so clearly work as a partnership and really support one another. Um, problem with their relationship is that it should not have born children.
1: They are not there for the parenting. (laughs) Like they're just, they're
0: not great parents. And I know that a lot of this is just that they have these things they have to focus on as a priority over their children, because
1: and including they're in charge
0: of keeping this kingdom from crumbling
1: under a tide of dead things, and I, having children was an obligation as well.
0: Exactly. Yeah, they yeah. have to pass their bloodlines, both of them, mm-hmm. so that yeah, it, it's a pretty a, a pretty big expectation, like a lot of pressure that in one family, one person has to be the abhorson and one has to be the ruler. Ruler. Of
1: the yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a just lot. Like, oh
0: okay like what if i'm not
1: sure <laughs> what if i don't know which oh, one exactly. i want to be? I would i would not have done well in this family which would you do you think you would be better suited to of horse and i think i'd be better suited to ruler oh that's that's good okay great so <laughs> we could
0: um yeah. We could team up. <laughs>
1: Great. Fantastic. We don't have to have kids. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't even have to talk, think about we'll it at all. just go to We're the
0: Claire like... and have them see who's supposed to be next. Yeah, exactly. Um, or we can be like, and I appreciated this, that there was this very like modern view of women in the Claire taking lovers for mm-hmm. a single night yeah. and, um, like they're not really being any kind of uh, shame surrounding that. No, and it's definitely maternal having lines, children. It's not mm-hmm.
1: paternalistic. Yeah, it's a it's a matriarchy, not a patriarchy.
0: I mean, there aren't even there are no male seers. Mm-hmm. They're all yeah. no
1: male. Claire.
0: Um, and uh, yeah, I appreciated that. Okay, so Sable and Cheststone. Yeah, they have a lot to do, but they they need to they need to try to give Sam more of an opportunity to tell them that he isn't. A isn't reading the Book of the Dead and B has trauma um, that he cannot overcome. And C probably is never going to be able to do this job Mm -hmm. because he'll, they, you know, obviously it's his responsibility to tell them this, but he doesn't even have a moment alone with either of them. Um, I think in the entire book, uh, he has a really brief moment with Touchstone before Elamir comes in.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But I just don't think he they give him the opportunity that he needs, and it makes sense. They no. don't have a lot of experience being parents. They have a much more experience doing their jobs, mm-hmm. and yeah, they ha- they have important stuff they need to do. Yeah. And give a little more room for your kids. Yeah. Um. And then. It, there are would-be romantic relationships between the men who visit the Claire's refectory. I can't <laughs> say that, say
1: that word. <laughs> word. The glacier. They go to the glacier.
0: Um, yeah, like tradespeople and um, dudes who are just passing through. And they're like, into Lirial. think that Lirial is hard. And she's just like,
1: oh, please
0: don't <laughs> like, talk to me. I literally don't speak to humans. Yeah. So if you're a dog, then we can be bros. We can chat. We yeah. can share a meal. But nothing else. Um, and, uh, then Sam is interested in her, um, but as we mentioned earlier, she tells him that she's 35 (laughs) with the (laughs)
1: disgusting age of being 35 years old. (laughs) I know that was really funny reading this now that I'm. A lot closer yeah. to 35 than I was when I was How immediately well put <laughs> off he
0: is by that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, like, okay. Oh, that's, oh, God. Too old, Disgusting. I guess. <laughs> that's horrifying. I didn't know women could be that yeah. age, but
1: here we are. Um, but it kind of seems like Lirial has a connection with Nick.
0: Yeah. Um, yes. I, uh, I do think that's correct yeah um it's it's a little hard to tell because she's also very compelled by that vision um and like her her need to rescue him so for me i i was thinking about that too but for me it was a little hard to separate what might be attraction and what might be just like urgency stemming from her quest
1: i do i do remember that she not just in narrative description but actually through her mind when she was in the vision Mm -hmm. said she thought he was handsome yeah you're right she does so yeah that to Um, me was that's uh that's a clue there grace pro tip if someone thinks you are handsome that's a relationship (laughs) (laughs) you
0: are now married (laughs) um and ultimately of course sam and lariel discover that she is his aunt so oh, we'll good thing she's a hopefully man, not gonna five. be relationship Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, no real central relationship, which I appreciate because it's about teenagers who have really important things to get done, and
1: they get to. And Liriel should not be with Samus. No, like, well, yeah, for would, all the reasons would we just discussed. Ridiculous. <laughs> not only yeah. are they
0: closely related, but he is. It's not no. So much less capable than yeah, she. I would be
1: completely unfair to
0: her and i know we've been pretty down on samith throughout this episode um it it's really hard to see the two of them uh, trying to handle the same tasks and Liriel succeeding so wonderfully while he honestly like foils a bit but um, he's not like
1: trying he's and the thing is like, when, blah, blah, when he's like in a setting up. like
0: his workroom, he can create incredible things right but I don't think he's suited to be in the field no. although there's gonna be you know a reckoning in the next book so
1: a reckoning <laughs> I'm
0: to forward a to. great battle <laughs> okay so I'm really sorry that the second half of this has been a bit disjointed um we need to do badass lady meter yes it's an easy one. There's one primary female character in the book, mm. um, and the book is named after her. I think it's. I, She's I appreciate so awesome. that it's Lyriel instead of like, Lir and Sam or something like that. Lear and Sam, just two buddies. Lir and Sam.
1: <laughs> yeah, thank you for not naming the book that. thanks. <laughs>
0: You know what I mean, because they share the narrative um, for the majority of the book. Um, and I, I love the part of the book that it's all just about Lariel and the disreputable dog yeah. just doing their thing, exploring the past library. Yeah. I am rating Lariel 20 rooms at the bottom of a glacier that have never been seen by human eyes and are filled with animal friends. Oh, so many animal friends, but not too many animal friends. Not like
1: packed in there on top of each other. They've been
0: able to like. They've got their own space. Yeah, they have litter boxes that are magically clean. Like they're not living in refuse. They have plenty of food. They're happy. They've got like a little sunshine coming in. Can I go to
1: this place? (laughs) Can I live in this place? It sounds pretty good. The library of happy animals. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. Okay. Luriel is obviously the badass lady, but the one I'm going to dedicate my rating to is the disreputable dog. Oh, yeah. Because she is such a badass lady. Uh, she's been around forever, like just helping people get the things done that they need to get mm-hmm. done. She's incredibly important to the continued existence of this world because of how she's helping Liriel. And, uh, they very, this book very quickly just becomes this, this buddy story of uh, Liriel and Disreputable Dog. It's such
0: a change from the initial super lonely, sad
1: Liriel solo Mm -hmm. chapters. So, I'm rating the disreputable dog an entire ham bones worth of charter marks. Oh. <laughs> so, it's like a ham bone made of. <laughs> Interpret it as you like.
0: <laughs> I also want to give a um, a couple shout outs. Like, there are a lot of great ladies in this book. Um, I'm not going to discuss Sabriel because we lavish praise upon her in our Sabriel episode um elamir i'm really impressed by yeah it's incredible that she does what she
1: does in this book she's ruling the kingdom with the same uh, like absence of guidance that sam exactly yeah and yet she's basically she's she's much more of a self-starter well we'll say that yeah she works better in that kind of environment
0: yeah and uh you can see how flawlessly she's managing everything time and time again um Even the fact that they're still having, you know, the regular like festivals during this incredibly like frightening and stressful time, um, I think is really important for Mm -hmm. morale and a lot of other reasons and trying to, yeah, put a good face forward. Um, and uh, you know, on top of that, the entire her managing the whole castle staff, um, the other members of the royal family, communicating with Touchstone and Sabriel and coordinating everything,
1: trying to make her brother do
0: something. (laughs) Literally anything.
1: Um, and
0: it's funny because
1: when I was little, I totally would have just been like, oh, she is bossy. She's lame. Like, she's bad. And now i have like, oh, Mary, you are holding this. She's the glue. Together.
0: <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the term bossy is something, too, that, you know, I was scared to be when I was young and that mm-hmm. I was called a lot by boys that I went to school with. Yeah. Um, and now I understand how much misogyny there often is in the use of that term when it's applied to a woman in the workplace. Now Grace understands that she's not bossy. She's the boss. I'm a boss. Um, And then I also wanted to give a shout out to the other librarians because their jobs are very difficult. Yes. (laughs) Very difficult. It's not uncommon for them to die at work. Yeah. And they're the gatekeepers of essential knowledge and weapons and like prophecies and tools and creatures and and honestly i i don't know where the magical world would be without them Mm -hmm. um so i'm giving them a dozen waistcoats i can't remember the color of the like, executive librarian waistcoat. I but want
1: one of those waistcoats so bad, though. I know, and I
0: love that when Lyriel puts on her ice otter skin, she has the red band yes! from her new red waistcoat, yeah. and the dog is like, oh, I see you're feeling very good about your promotion. was yes. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't even notice. <laughs> so, as you can tell, we love this book. Um, we'd love to hear what you think about it. We know that... Uh, many of you out there are Garth Nix fans. So let us know what you think. Um, also, if you are interested in us doing Abhorsen and actually completing an entire like set of books, which we haven't actually done before, um, yeah, we're, we're going to read it yeah, no matter it, what, because how can you stop? It must be read now. So we can explore that in the future. Um, you can get in touch with us at dragonbabiespodcast at gmail.com. On our website, dragonbabiespodcast.com on Instagram at Podcast, and Twitter at Pod. And please rate and review us so we can reach more listeners on Apple Podcasts.
1: And check out my art that will. <laughs> check out Madeline's art that doesn't not be posted.
0: <laughs> <laughs> might go up on Instagram at some point. We'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I know this episode had some lows, but think we brought it all back up and it's important that we discuss these things um mm-hmm. because this is why why fantasy matters and when people are discounting the genre they're also missing out on the incredible places that it can take you and the emotions that it can allow you to articulate and explore yeah yeah, man <laughs> yeah garth niggs
1: wow yeah I'm Grace. And I am Madeline.
0: Until next time. Goodbye.